Hey, yo, dollar with me. I often wonder uh, if somebody looked up my Google search history, what they would think. So did you see the, did you, Today it'd be an interesting did one. Did you see the articles that's come out about Hunter Biden and his all oh, his searches? I have not, no, not paid attention. I've been paying attention to Johnny Depp and the poop in his bed, Mark. Come on, get your priorities so straight. Hunter Biden. What'd is, the president's yes. son do? Oh, what, ha- yeah, what happened there? Just, you know, the whole laptop thing, which the media told us was, was baloney for years. I, uh, that was real. But okay, and, I, I, uh, I his search history was found, and that's real. And he uh, he likes the porn. He likes the pornography. Oh, really? There, oh, you, mean yeah. a, you mean a guy out there likes porn? A lot of it. Oh. Like ninety percent of his searches were for porn. Uh, but my latest search was uh, Milton Berle's cock and balls. <laughs> so I told we you. wanted to find out if it was a restaurant. I told it, you it that wasn't. I have the best story you're ever going to hear to share with you today. Is it about Milton Berle? And you, and that was the first thing through you and Brecky's head was, oh, is it about an actor and his hog? Well, you know, John Hamm on this show. You know? And Milton Berle. And uh, apparently, Joe, apparently Milton Berle. Joe DiMaggio. Was which, in the did, club. Did we talk about DiMaggio? DiMaggio no. also. Uh, Pete, uh, Rose, Pete Rose confirmed that. Pete Rose's line was he was a penis with a man attached. Yes. Yeah. Something about showering with him in the jungle. Yeah, he was. Yeah, because they, they went on like. Sounds really odd. They went that's on what they some were doing. like USO tour together, which is weird to think that DiMaggio and Pete Rose what, were your, stars in the same in your mind era. You think DiMaggio black and white, Pete yeah. Rose color. I think of DiMaggio fifties, eighties. I think of Pete Rose seventies, eighties. Yeah, even into the nineties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we forget that Pete Rose was a rookie and like, I mean. I mean Maybe even the 60s? When was he? I'm picturing his rookie card. Now that I'm thinking about this, dude, how did he and DiMaggio... Well, I mean, DiMaggio's career... 1963 was Pete Rose's rookie year. 1963. Dang. He had a long career, dude. Yeah. A lot of singles. He played... (laughs) uh, How long did he play for? 107 years. Let's see. Pete... He, well, because remember, do you remember him, Mark, as a, year. as a player? I do. 86. Manager? So he played 23 seasons. Remember him as a player manager? Yeah. yeah. The only gam- time it makes sense ga- to get the was- uniform on <laughs> as a manager. That's when he was gambling on games. Yes. Imagine he'd be like, God, we need a base hit here. I'm uh, going to put myself in. Dave, uh, come sit down, man. Come sit down. We're going to pinch hit for you. I do like the fact Who's that. Who's up, coach? I am. Apparently, he never bet for them to lose. So that's good. I mean, not that he should have done it, but it would have been way, way worse if he's like, oh, we're tanking this." I get that. You're absolutely right. And if if he'd been, it would have been way worse. But I do, think and it would have been a hell of a lot easier for him to win. The because the, win the bet, the Bart Giamatti. Yeah, it would have been easy, way easier for him to tank the game and yeah, and, and keep win the those. pitcher in there way too long. The 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 Bart when Bart Giamatti explained this. I thought that that all makes the perfect sense, and it and it the Paul, first, Paul's father. You the first, yeah, that. <laughs> the first thing was. Uh, um, when he wasn't betting on the team, he was betting against the team. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. But then when he explained it this way, if he had bet on the team to win today, on, on we're on, recording on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and he's got money on the game tonight, he's going to manage that game with no with less regard for Friday's game. Sure. Whereas every other major league manager is thinking about the long term, the big picture, and they have to manage... This individual yeah. battle within the big war. You can, you can certainly find 
uh, the link yeah, yeah, to yeah, why it's, yeah. even if you're betting no. on them to win. And I do think that they went back and looked through a bunch because he had, I mean, he kept a book of yeah. the games he bet on. And they went back and found that there wasn't really any evidence that he did any of that. But yeah. that uh, that was the best logic I heard yeah. against. The, 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 the true uh, odd part about that story is you think about your average manager uh, and how many things they got to think about do during the course of a game in baseball. And it's a lot. You're thinking about a lot. Yeah. You know, next inning, bullpen, what are we doing, whatever. That alone didn't keep him so busy where he still didn't want to have some action Mark, in the game. Wouldn't you, here's the deal. You get comfortable in your own water. Yeah. You, would, you would do the same thing. People could say the same thing about you. Man, look at Charter. He's running a business. He's doing real estate deals. He's got all this stuff going on in his life, and the guy still manages to have time to, you know, do a podcast do or an epic podcast. Do, do the best podcast in ever. Iowa. And then, or or when you used to gamble, you know, Mark, man, Mark still has time to gamble on top of doing all this other stuff. You get so comfortable in your own water that you, dude. I would say when I was yeah. when I was a producer for Jan Michelson, the first couple of years of that maybe. Definitely those first months, I'm white-knuckled. The mm-hmm. whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, I've got, I've got, I've got to pay attention to every. I'm going to screw it up. Yep, I'm going to screw it up, and everything blows up, and then I, and everybody knows that I'm the giant failure if that happens. Um, and then, man, before you know it, all of a sudden, guys are walking in, and I'm having conversations with them, answering the phone, and my feet are up on the desk while I'm running the board. And it, it's like, wow, that happened quick. Yeah. Now I'm doing all, the, you know, now I'm doing all this other stuff on top of it. So... Uh, you get, yeah, I think that's the best line for it. Sometimes smart shit comes out of my mouth, man. Sometimes <laughs> well, smart stuff just falls out. Once in a while, Every occasionally. Let's not get carried away. Bensey! Bensey's here. Um, we're going to give another shout out for this event, by the way. Yeah, dude, I'm so because happy I, I about this we, change. We, in the. We just talked about this uh, right before we started, and I think we said we're going to go. Yes, we're, we're doing this. Man, it's so early, though. God. What time are you going to have to get up to get your bath and get your glass of milk? I don't take a bath in the morning, Ross. Come on. Be better than that. <laughs> it's a nighttime event. All right. Showers in the morning. That's a night. Um, so, again, we uh, we lovingly made fun of this last year. Or not last week because of his spammy headline. But uh, Tony sent us the free golf invite. Uh, this event, by the way, is uh, next Thursday. Okay. The 9th. It's a 7 a.m. check-in, which I assume means an 8 a.m. start. So I will show up about 8 a.m. for this. Jeez. You got a lot less driving You're to do to get to this. You're not going to go and get down and get a round through of balls on the range, when go you, through some chipping and putting. You're not even going to be ready. This will be we, my first round of the year. Oh, jeez. First round of the year. Who are we going to get? Oh, jeez. Who are we going to get to join us? We need, we need two more for this fourth. I have an idea. I have, I have a couple of really good ideas. Their names are John Olson and Reed Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. I know those guys. And then we just move our way down the line. Jeff Lanning, Nate Lee. Uh, that's a big Sh- fall. What about off Sean there? Bowers? Can he play? Yeah. Can Ter- he? Terrell's husband's a absolute gamer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I think he fires like he just picked up golf in the last. This is going to piss off a lot of guys listening. Yeah. He just picked up golf in the last couple of years, and I think he fires like 80s. Oh. Natural, natural talent. <laughs> I've golfed for now going on 20 years. I golf, I hit a 103 at Copper Creek, the course I've golfed the most in my life. Yeah, 103 is bad. You're not a good golfer. You know what? You're, you're not a good You're golfer. bad. You're a good time, though. I am a good All time. Right, so, hey, damn, damn right. This is the Matt Harmon Memorial Golf Tournament next Thursday, June 9th. Uh, it is, you can do a single golf or two some for some. 
Uh, it's your typical golf thing. We've all been to these before. Um, I wish I had an easy link to give to people if they're interested. Reach out to us on Twitter if you want to know how to register. In fact, we posted the link to it last week. So if you're interested in going, um, it's a week from today. So we will uh, – it sounds like Ross and I will go play in this thing, and then uh, we will let you know how it went. Because I'm uh, sure it's going to be hey, epically awesome, Ross, remember, around. Remember on his invite, he, he said, don't worry about drinking the milk. He would have a cooler of ice-cold milk for you. Yeah, I mean, whole – Whole milk. Whole milk. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. Like, if I show up God there and there's, there's skim waiting there's for me. There's some of that 2% shit sitting in there. He hands me a bottle of skim. I'll be like, do you even listen to the show? <laughs> I don't drink that water, that swill water. <laughs> You're handing me. I tried a new, uh, are you a hard, hard cider guy? No. Not at all? No, I wouldn't say not at all. I mean, I, I'm always up There's for it. There's just so I, many I like, weird ones now. I like trying things. The seltzers are not for me. I don't No, I don't, the, I don't like that. The uh, what, What's a good one? Uh, it's High Noon, a seltzer? High Noon on the... Uh, yes. Yeah, that's, what's the other one, the more popular one? White Claw. White Claw. Yeah. Not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, me neither. But anyway, I was in uh, Trader Joe's with the family this past uh, weekend, and Jeez. there was one called... Just, just flashing cash around? Is that what you were doing? See, that, see I, let's come back to that in a second. But there was one called Pineapple Shirt. Literally, that's what it's called, and we like to have fun with some pineapple around here. It's a it's a running joke yeah. what pineapple means and all those things. So I'm like, ah, but I like the taste of pineapple. So I grabbed a six-pack of Pineapple Shirt. It's good. Terrible name. Awful. Terrible name. Do you want some Pineapple Shirt? What? So anyway, Trader Joe's. You thought what I thought, but I don't think that's necessarily true. Isn't it? Okay. I'll be honest. I'm a, I've, I've never been. Because I said just, something, Sarah. My wife loves some certain things from there. And it's out in West Des Moines. That's the only location. So she goes out to West Des Moines. With, you know, these gas prices are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a trip halfway to the moon. So, But I thought it was like bougie stuff like yeah. whole foods whole foods is bougie That's and expensive what i'm thinking of trader whole joe's foods. is not trader joe's is okay. is not even granola let your armpit grow or your hair grow type of place um it's got major major off-brand stuff but it's got a health food look to it yeah. the place but i don't think it's a health food place I'm glad you told me that because i'm I was confused conf by it, but i don't think it's super super you, pricey you've nailed where my confusion was between whole foods and trader joe's whole foods is like eight bucks a cashew type of shit i mean that's where my wife gets that like 17 dollar orange juice it's the if you see a woman right? in there whole she's foods. wearing she's wearing lugu lulu leggings ugg boots a huge rock in her hand uh starbucks in hand as well and then what else am I missing? We just described it's KK. We, that's who we described. <laughs> kind she's, of described my wife. She's there. She have Uggs? Oh, yeah. Does I've she? got several pairs of Uggs. Yeah, your wife was in here the other day sporting some, uh, I don't know if it was Lulu. It did definitely Lulu. Or what? But yeah, baby, most, got, baby got back. Uh, yeah. Baby got back. Yeah. She you has. talk a lot about her, her rump. And that was the first time I ever studied it. It's a, it's a nice rump. Yeah. It's a really nice rump. Yeah. I was a looking and I was a like, and I'll be honest about it. <laughs> it she was, will like to know that. I will. She, she will, won't listen to she this. Will, so. No, I'll have to tell her. No. Uh, <laughs> guess what she'll this. say? Shorter. Such a pervert. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not coming to the office anymore. Yeah. Next time I like, come in, I'm going to wear snow pants. Yeah, right. Which she probably will. Or she'll come in and she'll be like, don't look at my butt, Mark. Sorry, Aaron. Sorry I have eyes and I notice things. Jeez. Yeah, she's got a great butt on her. No, but yeah, I, so kudos to you. I'd never, never noticed. Thanks. Heard you talk about it many times. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, 
Where was I going with the, uh, the the grocery store thing? I don't know. Where were we going? Oh, I did want to ask you about a, uh, a comedy routine. Okay. Because you posted this uh, today or yesterday. Oh, the Norm MacDonald. The Norm MacDonald thing. So I, so I watch. I have not watched the whole thing. I I've watched, watched it last night. Okay, I've watched the beginning of yeah. it. So Norm MacDonald, who died, what, six months ago? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Uh, recorded his act a couple years ago, I want to say. So in 2020... Uh, during the pandemic, he had he had prepared a uh, set for an, a Netflix special and was planning on recording it, and then that's when the world got sent into lockdown. Now, uh, he was fighting with cancer during that time, and he had to go in in June of 2020 for a stem cell treatment, a stem cell replacement treatment. I'm not sure if it was therapy, whatever yeah. that whatever that is. Yeah. And the, and you see all of this in the documentary in the very opening seconds. So there's no spoiler alert or anything like that. I'm not ruining anything. He decided to record the act, quote, in case things went south. Yeah. And then he, and so, yeah, it it's not like the night before he dies. It's not, it, this is just, he had, he certainly has that perspective in mind. And you, and I don't know, maybe it's, Maybe it's because we know he's dead now, and we know how the the story ends. Yeah. But I do think that when the way they set it up and the way they explain it to you, that he had this uh, he had this set planned to be a Netflix special, and he thought maybe this was going to be his last night on Earth. He didn't know, mm-hmm. and so instead of just leaving and not saying goodbye to anybody, and he doesn't doesn't do some good some great big hey I'm going to be dying tomorrow so see you later does none of that. Yeah. But it, it, there is this there that tone weaves its way kind of in and out of the uh, of the entire thing. What makes and, it? And then the end of it, they have David Letterman, David Chappelle, Molly Shannon. Uh, 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 who am I missing? David Spade, Adam Sandler, and one, and Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where if you if you typically like stand up uh, uh, specials which are in front of an audience and there's laughing and all of that, then that's not what this is. No. So it's, it's the only people that I think are going to like this are Norm McDonald fans. That's if you happen to like it, because he's telling a joke, there's no laughter. There's no nothing <laughs> because there's no audience. He's just telling it to a camera in his house. Right. So, so then it goes on to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. And there's not, none of that feedback where you're like, you know, you should know yourself what's funny or not funny. But this is like, am I supposed to laugh? Am oh, I supposed to be laughing at this or just enjoying the process? I was laying in bed next to that fine booty Yep. and uh, watching this, and Erin was asleep because I'd put her ass to sleep. No, I'm kidding. I had, yeah, that sounded <laughs> like she was a dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What did you use? Uh, yeah. uh, so I, was, uh, uh, I was laying in bed, and she's asleep, and, I'm tr- and I, was, I was laughing so hard. That I and I think part of it was I was trying not to laugh, you know. So you're kind of like trying to suppress it, but yeah, man, I was shaking the bed, laughing so hard. I kept waiting for her to roll over and be like, "What are you watching? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, why yeah. is the bed every now and again? Why is the bed vibrating? Yeah." And I was just just over here pleasuring myself, cackling with with Norm Macdonald. I just uh, there were se- I can think of several of the bits that he had in there, that, and I, I think that's what I liked about it. Mark was that it was. 
He's not smooth, by the way, but that was always the, like, by design. Like, he'll, he'll do a set, and then he'll do the, um, well, uh, uh, you know, he stumbles. He stumbles into the next bit, but that was always his thing. You, you know, somebody like end, Jerry Seinfeld is the opposite of that. Jerry Seinfeld is very... It's uh, set up. R- very refined, yep. very... Uh, he doesn't use wasted words. Yep. He, he knows his stuff. It's set up, premise, punchline. It's rehearsed. It's written. Yep. Okay, now I want to... My favorite... One of my favorite comedians out in the world right now is a kid named Bo Burnham. He doesn't really do comedy anymore. His stuff is extremely overproduced and rehearsed, and that's really cool. I mean, it's a the entire thing is this amazing production from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, and knowing knowing some things about stage and production and sound, it's produced down to the nanosecond, man. It's amazing what that kid does. Norm MacDonald is pretending to do the exact opposite. Yeah. He's pretending that he's just meandering and wandering. He pretends it's all, to be dumb. It's all by design. And Mark, maybe here's what you should do. And if people aren't Norm MacDonald fans or they are turned off by that thing that you're describing, go to the end of this documentary. And it's not a documentary. It's him. It's him. Like Mark just described. It's an experience. It's him sitting in front of a camera and a microphone. There's nothing behind him. It's like a curtain behind him. And he reads his, and I don't think he's reading, but here's what I would suggest you do. Go to the end and watch the thing with those, uh, uh, those six people sitting around. Letterman, Chappelle, Shannon, Conan O'Brien, uh, uh, Sandler. Sandler and then Spade. And they each kind of talk about their experiences with Norm, but, the the three that worked with him the closest and and that talk about this process, Spade and Sandler and Conan O'Brien, who break down kind of scientifically, m- methodically, what it was that he was doing in that. And one of them has an analogy that was so good. I think it's Conan O'Brien that says, he had such a great way of planting the seed walking you all the way around the barn mm-hmm. and then coming back and showing you the truth. Later, yeah. Yep. He'll drop the punchline 10 minutes after the Yeah, story. and that's and over and over and over in this yeah. in this special, that's what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this I reminds can, me like... I'm cracking up in my head as I remember the very last punchline of the thing. Mark, you, you will love the last joke that he tells. And, and it's a perfect example of that drop the seed... Yeah, walk you around the barn and then come back and try the tree. Maybe it's Sandler that says that, but it's yeah. No, I I did watch the part where they were talking about that. I like it. Um, I thought it was really good. I'm reminded too, just of his his called genius, I guess, if you will, the comedy genius. But we we've talked about this before, where he did the roast of Bob Saget. Yeah, (laughs) and And he's very clearly intentionally bombed. Yeah. So Sandler and Spade say at the end of this thing in their little monologues. He had. They went on a tour with him, where the three of them did, uh, did stand up comedy. He had a bomb set. Mm-hmm. He had a set that he knew would bomb, and he would mix it in. Mm-hmm. He would tell them, "Hey, tonight I might do the bomb set from this crowd. See what they think about it." Yeah. Or wouldn't tell them that he was going to do it, and they would start the bomb set, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, he's doing it again." They talk about, and again, I don't want to ruin too much of this, but this yeah. is the stuff at the end, and I'm not, I'm not ruining any of the comedy. Um, one of the great stories that they share is uh, uh, 
uh, man, I'm trying, I got lost my train of thought because I started thinking about some of the other stuff in the in the bit. It's <sighs> I just thought it was really well done. I won't ruin less, any, I don't want to ruin any drugs. more of it. Less drugs, Ross. Yeah. yeah. Um, less, my less uh, shit in my life. Did you ever see the uh, podcast interview uh, with Theo Vaughn uh, talking about Norm Macdonald? Theo Vaughn has his own podcast. It's pretty popular. Yeah, I'm trying to think what because he he does a couple of them. Um, yeah, but anyway, he had a guest on. I can't remember the guest was, and they're talking about Norm Macdonald this after Norm had died. And he's like, Theo's like, I, w- I did this. Uh, I, I was doing this show with him. They were uh, both out on the road or whatever. And I, I, it wasn't in Iowa, but imagine it was like, you know, Toledo or, or something over by, you know, Tama. It's Tama, Iowa. And I think it was at a casino and Theo is sitting down at a, you know, a card table with Norm. And Norm's like, eh, you know, I don't think the women get any more beautiful than uh, they do here in Toledo. Don't you think? And Theo's thinking to himself like, what? Is he like he didn't know him well enough at that time? Is he serious? Does he think the women in here are like good looking? And he's like, Theo like agrees with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're pretty good, Norm. Uh, oh, fuck no, they're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you looked around? <laughs> you know, that's just that's that was him just set, <laughs> setting somebody up <laughs> like that and then coming in with the punchline. Was uh, he was unique? He was unique. We've all heard the uh, story at uh, I think University of Iowa where he got banned from the state by That's Randstad. That's such a great one. That's such a great. That was story. the one that tells that is Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer yeah. does a great job uh, uh, telling telling that. It might have been Theo talking to Jim Brewer too. I can't remember, but anyway, we digress. Um, I did see because last, well, last time we recorded was Thursday uh, last weekend. Um, I went and saw Maverick, uh, and I told you that I was going to see it. And we hadn't talked about it. No, well, you had told me to to uh, go see it. Like maybe uh, no, no, no. I mean, we haven't talked. I mean, this week I haven't had you. Did Seton go with you? Yes. Okay. Seton went, but my my biggest. So okay, film the film review. Great film. Great film. A lot of nostalgia. If you've seen the original Seton and not, we didn't show it to him, but we did explain. Cool. Who Goose was? Yeah, that's what I that, told you last right? week, right? Because yep. you because you do need to do that because there's a lot of tie-ins to Goose. Yep. A lot of them. But the the part that I took away from me was the whole time uh, when the Val Kilmer scene finally rolled around. Is me thinking the whole time, <laughs> Ross thinks this guy is dead. I don't watch and not movie. only that, he thought he was dead the whole time he was watching this movie. I, I Pro- probably feeling sad about it. I almost it. shed a tear when he showed up on the screen. I'm not kidding. Ross like, what a final I final performance. Mark, I, was beautiful. I think if you would have asked me, I even would have said that in the end, they said, in memory of Val Kilmer. Yeah, I'm just checking. I'm I'm googling. Nope, you're still active. Still alive. He's still still present. going. Good look. Good going, Val. Keep it up, man. Still present. I'm a big fan. Uh, but no, his role was really good. Um, you know, it, it, there was just something about watching this movie, and I do encourage people if they haven't gone to see it. Uh, it is a one to see in the theater. Yeah, for sure. Um, go see it on a big screen. I saw it on the grand screen here in Ankeny, which is a giant big screen. Um, just because of the sound and everything like that, but. Um, there was something about this movie that, to me, felt bigger than a movie. I know there's been a few others that have come out since the pandemic that did well, right? The Spider-Man movie came out and did really, really well. This one, I think, because of anticipation, because Tom Cruise might be one of the, the few remaining movie stars that we have, uh, because it had been delayed a couple of times to come out, it just seemed like something was different about this one. We went to the theater. Theater was packed. Tom Cruise comes on before the movie starts and is like, hey, you know, 
we we did this for you not specifically us but like you're you're looking at me like that didn't happen in the screening you saw which is fine but you know 20 seconds tom cruise talking to the camera you know we, we worked hard on this for you please enjoy whatever so i felt like a personal message from tom cruise about this specific movie but a lot of people have said um things similar to what i'm saying is there's just something different about this movie that felt like Maybe we're back. Maybe we're fully past this. Now, of course, next week, Fauci will announce something else is going to get us. It's monkeypox or whatever. But um, It's the jumping worms. We're back. Yeah. Like, we're back. We can enjoy a good movie like this again with other people and no masks on and, and whatever. But I don't know. I mean, you, you saw it in a very different setting than I did. You saw it with a limited amount of people. No, uh, well, yeah, yeah. There was a special screening, which is... Yeah, for celebrities, whatever. yeah. No, just... Anyway, they, we didn't get the thing that you got. We did get a variation of it, but it was different. It was like this five-minute reel of all the different red carpet okay. reveals that they've done across the okay. world here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and, th and then it was – so it was a variation of what you're talking about where it would it would kind of be like Singapore, and it would show the red carpet there and all the actors, but then Tom yeah. was obviously the, the – the main one they'd focus on. They'd show everybody yeah. else watching Tom Cruise arrive. Yeah. And then, and over the course of that, they would mix in these little things of Tom Cruise. Now, I don't ever remember the specific thing of him looking directly at the camera and being like, hey, thank you so much, and we did this for you. But that was the theme yeah. of that five-minute thing at the beginning yeah. that we got to see, which was different. And I mean, honestly, it sounds like I would have rather preferred to see what what you saw. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but I think you're right about that, Mark. Like when you is he, right? the, is he the, still the biggest smooth star in the world that we have left? I don't know. Stars? I mean, like after what we're seeing right now with Maverick, and I want to get back to your bigger point on this movie because I think you're onto something there. But the but the movie star thing is really interesting too. So you've, you've created two fun avenues for there us to go down. Uh, the this movie star thing is an interesting one because I think there's some names we could kick around. Well, anymore, but, it's like but the they, Rock. But yeah. yeah, I mean. But The Rock can't. I mean, this is why I'm saying this is the conversation I want to have with you, which is why this is fun. I'm not a Tom Cruise fan, but man, the the skill set that that guy has that is so broad. I don't think Tom Cruise can necessarily pull off comedy on a consistent basis, which The Rock can. He can he can be a part of those. Yeah. Tom Cruise has been in one movie that I've laughed at in my life, which was Tropic Thunder. Yeah, and he plays that character. Is awesome. That's a, an amazing character. Best Grossman. Amazing. So yeah. I don't know that he could consistently pull off comedy, but the guy can be a dramatic actor. He can be an action star. So, like, if I... Because I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio can pull off the action star thing. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. But he's a... But I think he'd Although be the Revenant, You know, the Revenant had yeah, some action. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. What about... See, I think of a guy like Ryan Reynolds... Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is one of the biggest stars in the world. Brad yeah. Pitt still is. Yeah, absolutely. I think Brad Pitt can do all of it. He can do comedy and action equally well. But I don't think, like, I'm trying to think of some of the Avenger guys, you know. Um, Chris Pratt. Chris Robert Pine, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. I mean, they almost feel like they're almost pigeonholed now. Can they open those... up movies all by themselves like Tom Cruise? Because every time Tom, a is... Tom Cruise movie comes out, it's a big deal. You're right. Every time. Brad Pitt's had a few that I don't think would qualify as a big deal. Dude, when when we, what, whose IMDb did we pull up last week where we were like, God, we don't know that many movies. Of this. Oh, Ray, Ray, Ray Liotta. Ray yeah. Liotta. Yeah. You, know, you look at it and you're like, God, he made a lot of movies that I've never, ever yeah. heard of or seen. But So, example, I don't know. I didn't ask him, but I don't think my 11-year-old son really had any idea who Tom Cruise was before Maverick. I don't think it registered for him. But that's not all that different than when we were growing up. You know, our parents thought something of somebody and... 
We didn't know who they were at the time, you know. Oh, that's Gene Hackman. Yeah. Who? I love Gene Hackman, by the way. Great actor. Um, yeah, he was a great one. And now, he alive? Tom Cruise is almost 60, by the way. Dude looks pretty Dude, good with his shirt off. It's and Although he's probably, hey, to be fair, he's probably only like 57. Why do you have to say he looks good with his shirt off? This does. It gives us hope. I, I would say he just looks good. Well, yeah. I mean, there's got to be some hair dye going on. Too. Well, and there's got to be. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot going on as far as that goes. A lot. I'm sure there's Botox. I'm sure there's facial stretching. I'm sure there's all of that stuff to keep it. Yeah. Dude, when you compare him to the other act, I mean, Val Kilmer is the best example. Look at when there he's on the screen with Val Kilmer, yeah. who I literally thought was dead a week ago. I know. I know. You know who was not in that movie? Who? Kelly McGillis. No. You know why she wasn't? Uh, this is a direct quote from her because she's fat and old. And I've seen pictures of her, and yes, both are true. Yeah. So not everybody keeps looking like Tom Cruise. This, but it's there's other things there. Jennifer Connelly. I, I heard somebody saying, uh, it might have been Dan Patrick's show the other day. They're like, she's the most beautiful woman ever. I heard somebody say that on Dan Patrick's show. That yeah. They, that they thought, they thought she might be the most beautiful woman in the world, and then watching that, they're convinced that she is. She's very pretty. She's not my uh, my top. I'm, but I'm with you. She's I, uh, she's always been pretty. Do you remember like career opportunities like way back? No. In fact, I don't. I don't know that I where I know her from. There's got to be something else that I know her from. She was in uh, was Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, she was in uh, the one with uh, David Bowie, the weird one. Uh, what is that oh, called? Dude, now that I see her with like long black straight hair, yeah, it she, even no, rings she's been more in a ton of, of stuff. Bell. What is the one with she was in with David Bowie? Uh, we're Googling here. This is what you're uh, okay, yeah, this Labyrinth. Is, dude, I don't you know. You didn't see Labyrinth these, in 86? I, I don't know these The movies. Fart Pit? Labyrinth no. was a big deal, no, dude, I've, growing and, up. And Labyrinth has Val Kilmer in it too, right? Uh, I don't know if Labyrinth has Val Kilmer. But Labyrinth was a weird dude, movie, she, dude. Uh, a Beautiful Mind is the one that I that I remember her from. Okay. Um, There's got to be more. You've got to be kidding me. I never saw The Rocketeer. That movie came out when we were like thirteen. Do you remember that? Uh, I do remember that. She I think in, it was. was I think it was a big deal when that, she was in that. came out. Huh? I'm yeah. sure somebody that's listening is. I'm going to get tweets now for the next week that are like, "You don't know that you she was idiot in American Pastoral." I mean, she's got fifty-two. You moron! You she's never got saw fifty-two acting credits. Bud. Reservation Road. I've uh, never seen any of this. Seven minutes in heaven. Ooh la la. Uh, I don't know what her most famous movie would be that she's been in. Who knows? Dude, wow, yeah. Mulholland Falls? I, I've actually seen a couple. Mul is that? Did, I said it. Mulholland oh, Falls. I Bensie was yelling at us. I'm like, Labyrinth. I'm surprised you haven't seen Labyrinth. Bensie, no, about Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, beautiful woman. It's a great movie. I'm glad you went. I'm glad you. Did I give you good advice in saying that Seton would need to kind of understand that? Um, uh, Seton would kind of need to understand that connection. It would help at least. Yeah. Here's what's funny. Like, my link to the original Top Gun uh, were a few different things. One, the, the video game. I sucked at it. Did you ever play Top Gun on Nintendo? Dude, I'm so glad you're saying this. Where you I, had to, like, refuel in the air. Like, I sucked at it, dude. Uh, it, it was the backwards controllers that screwed me up. Because in that game, like, if you want to move up, you press down. If you want to go left, you press right. Like, it was always opposite of what you're supposed to do. And I sucked at that game. Mark, I'm frustrated so me. glad to hear you say that. Like, the, you and I, sometimes it's amazing how similar our childhoods were. Yeah. And, dude, 
there aren't many games that I did despised playing. Yeah. I owned Top Gun. Yeah. And could not figure out the freaking game. Like, I don't even know if there's like a second level. Yeah, That's how bad yeah, I, I was, I'd dude. Agree. I was terrible. I would abs- I couldn't, I don't know what the guns and the missiles, and if I was yeah. flying towards people or away from them, I it, couldn't read the radar. I it was just it was, weird. Like, the controls are weird yes, or something. I everything, can't, everything about it sucked. I, I haven't played the game in over more, 30 man. years, but I'm thinking how weird it was. So that was one takeaway. The other one, which I had to confirm if this was right, and it was. I went to this movie with uh, my parents and for in my memory, it was just me and my parents. And we went to Nevada uh, to see it. We lived in Ames, went to Nevada because apparently Nevada was cheaper. And apparently my sister was there and she had a friend with her as well. And the movie started, don't know how long it was in, but at some point my mother got offended by the language in it and we left. And my sister, who tells me this now, was mortified because she's four years older than me. I would have been about eight. My sister would have been about 12 at the time. And uh, now you're over there thinking, is Top Gun really that bad? Eh, Mom was going through a little bit of a phase. She didn't like uh, the Lord's name in vain and things like that. So I think there was too much of that. So she got mad. She got offended. We We got up and left. So I don't know when I actually saw all of Top Gun. Obviously, I did at some point, but it wasn't when it came out because... We only got about twenty minutes in, or whatever it was, and we got the heck out of there. Yeah, you, 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 you and I, me. and I remembered that. Isn't you that funny? I was so eight, I was eight years old. Yeah. when that when that happened, That's, or maybe seven. Memories are wild, aren't they? You know, seven years old. You read me like a book there, because you, as you started that story, and you got to that point, I started like going through in my head. When is all the cussing happening in Top Gun? There's nothing I just, dramatic. I just about watched it. it with my kid. There's more sexual stuff. There's the bird. Yeah. There's the there, yeah. There's probably a couple things early on of yeah. like oh. JC. Yeah. I just said the My mom was a little protective of me, right? She wouldn't let me. Have you seen Big? Yeah. Tom Hanks? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Would you let Eli watch Big? Absolutely. Okay. My mom didn't want me to watch that. Why? Because Tom Hanks touches her boobies when she has a bra on. Ross feels bad for me now. Do you wonder why I grew up to be such a pervert, Ross? Yeah, Come on. You know what? That's, this is, it is, all ma- is it all making this sense? Is a good point. It's all making sense yeah. now. I was able to watch Fast Times at Ridgemont High when I was. Oh, man. Yeah. You lucky bastard. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, we're, on, maybe we're on to something here. Phoebe Cates. I actually think this is an interesting topic to explore. Okay. Because we both have sons that are reaching certain ages in life, right? Where they're going to start locking their door. Well, we think it's your son, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. Eli's, but Eli's door doesn't lock, my friend. Okay, but anyway, we're reaching those points, right? And the 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 question that I ask myself a lot is this, uh, and I think you'll see this manifest itself a lot in in preachers' kids. If you grow up with preachers' kids, okay, a lot of the people that I knew that had parents that were preachers ended up being kids that did a lot of bad shit. Yeah, they wanted to explore, they wanted to try the drugs, they wanted to do whatever because their entire childhood they were told you can't do it absolutely not do it etc okay so when it comes to uh, looking at a set of sweater meat are you going to be the parent that's like you absolutely cannot see it thinking that maybe maybe i'm saving them from something now but maybe i'm also making them think well this there's got to be something about this that i am really going to want to see and making your kid want it more or are you the opposite which is like go ahead and see it i'm just a pair of boobs i very much fall into the opposite side and i would even say into the extreme side i hope your mom never listens to this because she'll think i'm off yeah i don't think she does good the uh 
Hi, Mom. If you do, I, it's okay. I, love I, I, I lean into it. Like, you could even think I'm indoctrinating my son into being heterosexual. Like, I, and it's just, I'm, I, my, my son is a part of my life, and I do guy talk with him. Yeah. You know, when I, when we see a hot lady, you and I'd be like, oh, I'll give each other the eyes. Like, dang, did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So or, I don't you know. know. Or Eli will say, you know, he, he has come up to me before and gone, hey, Dad, did you just see that? And I'll be like, what? And he goes, let's go walk by with great big boobs. Yeah. And I, and and I do the do you think guy a, thing? I kind of get like oh, good eyes, buddy. Knuckles. Do you think and there's so, a direct correlation, know. or do you think it's more case by case? No, uh, Mark. I think that there is something here, and I I would imagine that you couldn't put, paint everybody with the broad brush. But I think that the overwhelming majority would lean to the the thing that we're talking about here. I could use a lot of examples in my life. Um, I grew up next door to a wonderful family, world-class. Their last names are the Austins. Their mom was one of the, she worked at Dowling, and she was like a lady that had to get kids in. When kids got in trouble, they had to go deal with Mrs. Austin. So mm-hmm. the guys that I knew from Dowling that were shitheads, they were like, oh, I don't like Mrs. Austin. I'm like, yeah, that's because you're a shithead. Yeah. And she's an amazing woman. Yeah. When we were kids, they were Catholic, obviously. Ryan and Adam could cuss. Now, I don't mean it was like they could drop the F-bomb in front of their mom and dad, but I mean if we were at a pool party and hanging out and they one of them said, oh, shit, da-da-da-da-da, whereas my parents would have been like, what did you say? And most of my parents' yeah. friends and most of my friends' parents would have reacted exactly that way. Yeah. You don't use language like that, yeah. young man. Iro- ironic, though, you're care. also saying that you could see Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now, maybe they didn't know Phoebe Cates was in yeah, there. But. No, no, and I'm, I'm using a, a language as a very yeah. specific example here yeah. because, yeah, I could, because you're right. With the boobs thing, it wasn't a big deal in my family, so it never became a big deal in my life. Yeah. The cussing thing for the Austins, it was never a big deal in their family, so it never became a big deal to them. And if anybody's hearing this and knows Ryan and Adam Austin, they're going to be like, Ryan and Adam Austin used to cuss? Yeah. I'm, they, I mean, these guys are world-class human beings, and they don't, when we were even, in, by the time we were like 12, Mark, t- when we were starting to be like, oh, hey, did you see that shit over there? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you'd kind of like, you know, lean into it or whatever when you were a kid or look around. No, that didn't, that didn't impress them because it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, this is, those are anecdotal stories, but I do think that there is a psychology behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it just makes you want something more. Maybe it does. I don't know. I don't know. There's some, there is, there is some very strange psychology. I'm sure there's a lot of research on this exact topic. In the best story you've ever heard. There's yeah. some really weird You told me before we, before we started this that I'm going to love it. But then again, you tell me that every week. So. I'm ready for it, though. Mark, this is the best story you've ever heard. I mean, you're not that you're not more excited for that. You know what I think I'm about. You did. This, you've is, heard, this is this is what you did. What? You, you screwed yourself up. Why? Uh, you you started with, in my opinion, the best story this ever. season that I've that I've heard. The best. And there's story. been others that have been good. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But your 1904 Olympics. Story it's amazing, isn't it? Was ridiculous. Yeah. How's the movie script coming along, by the way? Yeah, wonderfully. Of all the other things I have going in my life. You need to write a movie. I have not, not started. You could, you could be, write so many movies. By the way, me. quick aside, I think I heard this, but I don't know if it's right. Is the director of Top Gun Maverick from Marshalltown? 
Yeah, I had heard that. I okay. don't know what his name is, but yeah, I've heard that. He hadn't done that much before it, though. I'm like, how did he get that movie? Look of, at Iowa. Of all things. He knew Brandon Routh. Yeah. Okay, sure. Good on Iowa. All right. Got any uh, interest in skydiving? Uh, totally torn on it. Totally torn. If somebody said, we're going skydiving today and come along, it's free. A big part of me would be like, yeah, let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah. The other part of me would be like, ah, you have fun. You have fun. I'm just at that age, man. I want to keep this thing going, this yeah. thing called life. Yeah. Yep. And I don't really worry about death. I just like, I know I'm going to get up there and my stomach's going to feel all weird and I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to die and then I'll jump and I'll love it. But the adrenaline rush that you seek for our younger audience, once you reach your 40s as a male, goes it, way down. I, I will, Mark, I detest way that, down. man. I was much more of an adrenaline junkie than I am now. Much more. Yeah. I, I Yeah. My dad told me, my dad had, through the military, had, had done some uh, skydiving and had said to me, if you ever get the opportunity, don't pass it up. It's the, it will be the greatest adrenaline rush of your life. Yeah. And I know you like stuff like that because you've done the repelling from the building yes. in downtown. Oh, that's a fun one. A lot of people wouldn't want to do that yeah. either, but yeah. you've done that. Yeah. So, and not that that is skydiving, <sighs> but man, if you can handle that, you can handle skydiving. I think I probably could handle it, and I would probably do it. I've never had the opportunity. Um, Joan Murray of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, she discovered skydiving at a pretty late age in life. She was 47 years old when she finally decided to do her very first skydive. Uh, and she found it to be like a new passion. She loved it. Became something that she did all the time. She ended up completing 35 jumps um, going into the millennium. So we're at September 25th, 1999 in Charlotte, North Carolina, when Joan boards a plane for what will be her 36th jump. Now, you probably know where this story is going. So I want to go through a few facts for you real quick. If you make one skydiving jump a year, your chance of dying is roughly one in 100,000. There are a lot of things that can cause a death in a skydive besides just parachute not opening. You can open your parachute too low. Uh, the, the parachute can deploy but not inflate, as they call it. Mm -hmm. um, the canopy can collide with a bird or something else in the sky, usually another parachute, that causes canopy collapse. Reserve chute problems are very common. When uh, And another way that people die is just through landing problems. So you factor in all of those things, and really that one in 100,000 number is quite impressive because there's a lot of things that can go wrong. I mean, it, it, it doesn't sound... I would thought you were going to say like one in 10 million. I mean, one in 100,000 still sounds risky as hell. It's me. pretty risky, man. It's pretty risky. Yeah. So Joan wakes up in uh, Chester County, South Carolina, and decides she's going to head up to Charlotte to, to do her 36th jump and gets in the plane. Plane takes off. Beautiful day. Doors open up. She climbs out to the edge. Boom. Off she goes, and she's flying through the air. And uh, as she's flying, she pulls the chute as she had 35 times before, and, of course, things don't go the way they're supposed to. Um, 
the she pulls the reserve chute and the reserve chute deploys. But as she's starting her descent, she starts into a spiral. Mm-hmm. Now I've, I've seen that happen it, before. What happens once the the you start to spiral under parachute, especially with the reserve chutes, which is why they they're just they're reserve chute. Yeah. Once they start to spiral, the cords can entangle, and that will deflate the chute. And that's what happened to her. At 700 feet above the ground, Joan Murray's reserve chute completely deflates, and she plummets to the ground at 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, the story says that onlookers could watch as she fell to the ground. So they called 911. Emergency responders show up on the scene. They assume that Joan is dead, obviously. I mean, they just watched her fall at 80 miles an hour straight into the ground. The entire right side of her body is crushed on impact. It even knocks the fillings out of her teeth. That's how hard she hits the ground, okay? And doctors are amazed that when they get her to the emergency room, she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's amazing that she's survived this, and they can't figure that out. But on top of it, there's a there's an ER. Uh, remember the show ER, oh, yeah. where every time you thought they were almost nearing the end of the story, it was like, oh, and then they found this crazy part of the yep. disease that was causing her feet to turn pink. Yep. yep. Doctors noticed these little red dots all over her body after a few hours of being in the emergency room. Hundreds of these little red dots are starting to appear. When Joan landed, she landed on an a fire ant mound. Her body hit the ground at 80 miles an hour directly into a fire ant mound. Okay to which the fire ants attacked the body. Yeah. Which they're prone to do. Prone to do. Yeah. Here's what the body does when it's attacked by 200 fire ants. It freaks out. It freaks out. What's the body do when it freaks out, Mark? Rushes adrenaline. Adrenaline. Yep. The adrenaline rush of the 200 fire ant bites keeps her heart pumping long enough for them to get her to the emergency room, get her onto ventilation, and save her life. Mm-hmm. Saved by 200 fire ant bites, Joan Murray goes on to complete a 37th jump. <laughs> oh, I think I'd quit after 36th. I uh, there's so there's she so many it. there's so many takeaways. She from did a story it in like 2001, that. Mark. She waited two years, crushed the entire right side of her body, bit by 200 fire ants. And two years later, she's like, yeah, you guys ready? Yeah, you got plane, uh, that, that plane gassed up? Oh, it took her that long to stop itching. You know, she came around finally. That is, uh, that's nuts. I mean, to that's, survive any fall from hundreds of feet. Oh. I mean, people die all the time with falls from 30 feet, 20 feet, 40 feet, you know, 80 feet. 80 feet's like a eight-story building, basically. Hundreds of feet. Your probability is pretty low. I mean, seven hundred <laughs> feet. How tall? How tall is the principal tower downtown? I think it's like around six hundred. I was thinking like forty five, feet. Okay, I, it's funny because I was thinking five forty, something like but that. Yeah, but six hundred forty feet. It's imagine falling off the roof. Imagine, and you're not even 
not even free falling from the top of the roof because remember, she was going pretty fast by the time that thing completely deflates. 630 feet. Wow, you were really close there. Did I say 640? You said 634, something like that. Um, that reminds you me. were counting the antenna on top. Uh, I was, I was going to uh, tell you a story that your story reminded me of. Um, it's a not a parable. What am I thinking of? Um, Al- an allegory, a metaphor, maybe. This is a. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm looking this up to see if I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, the moral of the story. Yeah. So the story goes like this. I've heard this before. I actually heard this in a movie called Assassins, by the way. Antonio Banderas and Julianne yeah, Moore. Yeah, you yeah. seen that movie? I think I've seen that one. So it tells a story. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to read this directly so I don't screw it up. But it says, once upon a time, there was a non-conforming sparrow. Don't even know what that means. But there was a bird who decided not to fly south for the winter. However, soon the weather turned so cold that he reluctantly started southward. In a short time, ice began to form on his wings, and he fell to the earth in a barnyard, almost frozen. A cow passed by and crapped on the little sparrow. The sparrow thought it was the end, but then the manure warmed him and defrosted his wings. Warm and happy, able to breathe, he started to sing. Just then, a large cat came by, and hearing the chirping, investigated the sounds. The cat cleared away the manure, found the chirping sparrow, and promptly ate him. There's three takeaways, Ross. Everyone who shits on you is not necessarily your enemy. Everyone who gets you out of shit is not necessarily your friend. And if you're warm and happy in a pile of shit, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Always like that. And it's a good reminder sometimes. Not everything is as it appears, you know, in in life. That's very good. I like that. Everything else. So, yeah. Well, thanks for the story. Uh, I would ask. Well, you, you know what? Now that you've uh, now you've ruined it. Now I'm not going to come. I will. I will no longer bring the best story you've ever heard on Thursdays to you because uh, you just want me to talk about the 1904 Olympic marathon in St. Louis. And so I just don't think as much as as much of that story you just told is cool. I don't know that you can make a full movie out of the thing. The first one you told you could absolutely make a full movie out of that, starring Tom Cruise. Running. Tom Cruise. Uh, always running yeah. Tom Cruise. Of course. If they we're going to make a movie about running, Tom Cruise should be in it. He should absolutely be the star of it. Hey, everybody. Hey, reminder, go to our Twitter if you want to go to that golf tournament next Thursday, uh, June 9th. It sounds like Ross and I will be there. Uh, I'll be there just before tee off. <laughs> Ross will be there early <laughs> signing autographs if anybody wants to meet Ross Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Norwalk at, what is it, Legacy? I always forget the Norwalk I one. I think that's it. And now I feel bad because I had it here in front of me. Give me one second. I got uh, it. It's uh, there. Le- yeah, it's Legacy. Yep, Legacy. Legacy. Yep, Legacy. Legacy, Legacy next Legacy Thursday. Parkway. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next week.